Welcome to the Inland Sessions podcast from KSPS PBS in Spokane, Washington. Today we're talking with Jada Templeton, a veteran lyricist and MC in the West Coast hip hop scene. Always asking why. They usually don't know. Does art imitate life or the other way around? And can we heal our bodies with the frequency of sound? Mega hurts, explore me. Reverence to the ones who came before me. Poetry and learning from another man's story. You can make a change, level up. You're more than enough words pouring from, from a cup. cup. I ask them why, why, why? Hello, uh, my name is Jada. And I'm a local hip-hop artist here in Spokane, Washington. What keeps you in the Inland Northwest? Well, you know, I'm from here and born and raised. And um, before having children in my late 20s, I I used to kind of like love-hate this place. In my early 20s, I was like, I got to get out of here. This place is driving me crazy. It's too boring. So I did a lot of traveling in my 20s out of the country all over the country and out of the country, and then came home and started a family. And, you know, raising kids, it's it pretty much much you put roots down. And so, yeah, I, I still get to travel quite a bit, but uh, I've come to really love Spokane. I think it's a great place now. <laughs> Not always. But. Well, Spokane loves you, too. Oh, good. So you've been in the scene in this area for a long time. Would you kind of tell me how you first got into hip-hop and how you went from being a music lover to being a performer yourself? Yeah. Um, gosh, I really it really all just started in my late teens, I guess. I, I've always just loved hip-hop music. Grew up watching In Living Color, the Fly Girls. I thought I was one of the Fly Girls. And just, you know, always having a love for music in general. I grew up with a very musical family. Um, Grew up listening to soul music and a lot of blues and jazz and stuff, you know, kind of the roots of music. And yeah, in my um, early 20s, moved to Spokane, met a, a lot of different artists, going to poetry slams and whatnot. And the the culture kind of just adopted me. Um, it started with being around graffiti artists, break dancers, DJs, and then, and then a bunch of like crazy kids just rapping, ciphering. Um, so that's really where I got my start was in the cipher. Could you tell me about that relationship in communities between slam poetry and hip hop and flow? Yeah. I mean, the slam poetry and spoken word is kind of a you know, a genre of its own as far as like in the in the poetry scene, whatever. I didn't I never really got deep into like um spoken word so much as like just um I feel like it's that element of poetry but with a beat. You know, the ciphering, that's what it was. We would put on instrumentals and just free form um what we were thinking, what we were going through and it's a really interesting art (laughs) that takes on um a lot of different elements and so yeah I mean I think they're all kind of hand in hand anything that's performative 
but um, where I kind of got my start was definitely more like in the underground kind of underbelly of the city and being an artist just kind of finding my way back then over 20 years ago there wasn't a lot of um venues and stuff for um like all ages yeah it was very limited and so we just kind of formed our own subculture outside of that you know what there wasn't you know we created it like how did that underground subculture that you were a part of how did that grow and form and how were you a part of it or how did you experience your part in it you know really it was just kind of um on the street level and then I remember the first time I ever got on a microphone in a venue was at the e-cafe which is now chicken and more (laughs) over the years you know you know (laughs) venues come and go and Mm -hmm. um a lot changes but yeah we were there and we were having this little cypher and I just was like I'm gonna just get that mic and just see what happens and you know I was amongst all of my peers I felt so comfortable and I just knew I was like oh here we go that it's over now you know like I just I fell in love with it and so um yeah I just started playing all ages venues mostly and my my um friends we put together a collective called bad penmanship and we just celebrated our 20th anniversary. So um, that's really where I started taking the live performance into the venue space and, you know, out of the basement, so to speak. Could you tell us about Bad Penmanship and the, the community that built up around it and how you've watched that community grow and change over the years? Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, one of the founding members, his name is um, Jason Corcoran. He's a local artist visual artist MC um, and he, his stage name is free time synthetic and he was he's really the staple um, of that collective but um, just a lot of lyricists with sort of the vision of offering something new we each of us have our own style and we push each other to create different stuff so within the collective there's a lot of collaboration and stuff but it started as just wanting to do like an annual well we did a lot of shows but we would have like one annual show and the purpose was to bring new upcoming artists that had maybe never performed never had a you know an opportunity a platform and giving them not a lot of time to shine but enough you know you get like three songs 15 minute slot um just to keep it moving and keep it fresh and um so yeah, we just really encouraged um, artists to open up, and we and we gave everybody a chance, you know, to be on there. And yeah, we just kept doing it year after year. And we, like I said, we just celebrated twenty years. <laughs> Crazy, and it's grown quite a bit. How formative would you say that that collaboration and that community and mentorship has been on you, your style, and your music? Oh, I mean, it's it's just elemental. I when uh, oftentimes when people ask me what who my influences are, it's my friends. I write music to impress my friends, <laughs> not the general public. My friends know me and they're like, "Oh, cuz they see me leveling up." So really, it's about having that peer group and that support group 
and people that understand what this art means to us and we all can have that relationship and to support each other and kind of hold each other like accountable like hey what are you doing what are you up to you know it's been everything to me you know to have that would you introduce us just in case we're not all that informed about cipher or ciphering yeah so it's it's a large part of you know one of the elements of hip-hop is emceeing and um a lot of people you know there's different types so there's like written stuff where people just recite like you know like a performance and then there's battle rap scene where it's really aggressive and a lot of (laughs) it's not my thing so much um it's really intense so there's that and then there's the the cypher which is basically just like off the top in the moment you grab from whatever's happening around you um and it's just freestyling it's stream of consciousness and um not everybody can do it well uh it definitely it takes a lot of courage and putting your ego aside and just a lot of bravery and just being in the moment but it's a huge part of hip-hop culture um and it's really powerful to be a part of that you know it's like this this energy everybody usually gathers in a circle you see it a lot on the streets um outside of clubs and venues and whatnot and um and it's just there's an etiquette to it so it's kind of like do 16 bars and then if you start faltering people are somebody the next person's gonna come in it's kind of like okay I can hear and then a lot of times it's like a a baton passing so like the last thing that I might be commenting on or saying the next person's gonna grab that and pull that into their their rhyme and elaborate on that and go off so it can be it just really goes all over the place it's really fun really creative it sounds like jazz improvisation but with words absolutely what is it about the courage and the bravery that it takes to do this kind of freestyle hip-hop affected what the culture of hip-hop is, at least for you? What's your interpretation of it? Yeah, it's just getting out of your own way. You know, a lot, a lot of times I, I speak about even my writing process as a, I become a channel to something much greater than myself. I mean, oftentimes I've went back to my writing and I go, oh my gosh, I don't really remember writing this this is really good but like what I don't remember you know so there's a real element of of spirit that kind of comes through in the cypher and so yeah it's if you get too much in your head you oftentimes can't do it like you have you can't be you have to like be in your head and have your vocabulary intact and and be like objective but also like it's just the it's the craziest thing. It is very much like free jazz, yes. You know, not everyone's great at improv. And it takes practice. It does. Yeah, it does. Could you tell me about your, your music process? You're writing music. Are there songs? Because it looks like you work with engineers as well, mm-hmm. producing your beats. But it looks like there's stuff that you also produced kind of from scratch. Mm-hmm. So could you tell me how it works for you? So my process, you know, it's pretty straightforward sometimes I'll start with the concept Um, maybe there's a recurring theme that keeps coming to me and I just or something happens in my life a major event that prompts me to sort of like dig deeper into an idea and oftentimes I'll work with 
a, a lot of different producers and they just send me what they call beat packs, um, which is like a catalog of their production. Um, or somebody will say, hey, or I'll say, hey, I have this idea. I like this Jay Dilla beat, see how this happens. And so I, I have these like sound notes that maybe I'm resonating with and um, the producer can go, okay, let me work with that. But a lot of times um, on my last album, it's one producer and I just kind of get lost in his catalog and will, I can usually tell within the first 15 seconds if a song is speaking to me and um, I'll hear it. And sometimes I won't even have an idea and I'll just go, oh, this is what the song is saying. And I, and I hear like just maybe one phrase or one word or one it, like image. And then I start building off of that. And so um, it's very meticulous. It's very exact. Every cadence rhythm in my voice is writing on the beat. I mean, as you know, as you've heard, <laughs> a lot of words, <laughs> a lot of words. And it has to be very like, so I follow a lot of the beat. I kind of, um, I'm leading the way conceptually, but I'm also following the rhythms and patterns that I'm hearing. How has it changed over the years? So you've been doing this for 20 years, Mm -hmm. give or take, and you've also started a family in the meantime. Mm -hmm. How has that, how has growing a family changed your relationship with music and what you've been able to do and also what inspires you? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I was really fearful (laughs) when I started having kids. I was like, okay, I am probably not going to be doing my music. And it was actually the opposite. Once I had my daughter, I have two kids. And once I had my daughter, I was so much more grounded. I had so much more purpose and drive in my life to be the best me. And that's really kind of when my music really started taking root and I started taking it more serious. I was able to be a stay-at-home mom for the first few years of my daughter's life, and so I was able to really sink in and write and not have the stress and distraction of working life. Um, I was very fortunate. And um, so I started a collaboration project at that time and just started really writing. And then I think when my daughter was about five I got signed to a label so I mean I really just that was really the grounding the grounding that I needed to take it to the next level and I think it was really great to have kids and still find time to do my music and you know make it work so did they impact what you cared about about what your music was saying did it change the direction of your music um I wouldn't say so much. I feel like I, before I had kids, I always kind of have had a clear intention on my music. I, I want it to be real, honest, um, positive for the most part, or at least have a silver lining to something real. And I think that I never, I never um, wanted to Music's such an interpersonal thing. I never wanted to, I'm not writing for anybody necessarily other than like to what calls me and what feels authentic. And that's always changing. I mean, I'm always changing. We're always growing. Um, Maybe now my kid, you know, when my kids were little, they, they, they didn't know, they didn't care. They were just like, oh, mom's writing and beats over and over. But now my daughter's almost 18 and she listens to hip hop music and she, and you know, my kids will hear my song and go, wow, that's our mom. That's so cool. <laughs> um, 
but I don't necessarily write for my children or anybody else. It's I'm kind of selfish. <laughs> well, how about that? Where did you find that um, space to honor yourself when it comes to listening to your own inspiration and not trying to copy anyone else, really letting yourself run wild yeah. and dig into it? That's a bold move. It is. It is. And I think that's our job as artists, not, you know, cause it's everything's been done before, right? Like, if you look at the roots of music and jazz, you know, we're really not doing anything super innovative. We might want to think that we are, but really we are not. You know, we're just here expressing life and it's always changing. The demographic is always changing. I can't keep up. I, you know, I'm never trying to be, you know, um, up with the next trend. My music probably to the young generation, they still, they still really like me, but they're like, wow, you're like throwback, like boom bap. And I'm like, yep, sure am. But I can also, you know, my producer is also like progressive. So I do have some beats that have like trap sounds and, you know, uh, the production really opens me up to more of escape there. 86 BPMC minor, Vega like Susie chilling in Tom's diner, Mega like you, civic salt in the anti project with the blow begins. How I stay so fly, rocking my moccasins, hiking in my Nikes. Those who try to pick apart my psyche do excite me. Showing a little flesh to the ones who want to fight me, gnash my teeth at the pessimist inside me. For she's an animal, venomous academia, rose absolute, and the mother girl's geranium. Speak a different language, and I'm not sure what to say to him Bende Anos in this place I'm ready for the stadium ready for the takeover but planning with my views but understanding things are meant to happen as they do see life is never guaranteed so let us not assume that we know anything and my lyricism is, has grown and changed and the subjects have changed um so it's just like yeah it's just wild I think it's just about being authentic to yourself and maybe not trying to sound or be influenced by anybody Speaking of your lyricism, would you be able to uh, lay down a little something for us and give us a taste of what we'd hear on one of your albums? Like some lyrics? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I Ooh. know. Let me think. Um, this song, the song They Want Me, it's funny. People hear it and they think they want me. Okay. And so there may be a connotation. Like, wh- how do, what do you mean they want you? When I wrote that song, it was... Um, during COVID and there was just a lot of confusion and a lot of things going on. And so it, the song is more like the the powers that be, like they want my soul, you know? So one of, let me see, okay. The first verse is, it's they want me to be a leaf on a branch of a tree falling. I see that I won't back down, no chance, no faltering. No chance they can own my mind, dull my shine, take what's mine, read between the lines of the book that I write. So it's kind of like I'm I'm an original person with my own original thoughts. I can't be super influenced. And, you know, I think that sometimes in society they want you to be a certain way, act a certain way, believe certain things. And I think that um, I fight against that. So, yeah, it's like they want me to do this but they won't succeed. 
I'm very bratty. Do you feel that there's more pressure on you because you're female and because you're in the hip-hop scene? It's interesting. I think a lot of women would say yes. But my personal experience, there, ha- there there's definitely some a lot of imbalances. But I think that I, I was put at a real advantage here in Spokane because for a lot of years I was the only female rapper. And kind of the go-to local artist when bigger names would come through and so I was always treated with so much reverence and I I, however as I'm saying this I'm also like "Mm -hmm, but what about all of the years that I was never compensated that there were some promoters that took advantage of me I think for a long time I didn't know my worth I didn't have a manager I was making these venues a lot of money and I was never compensated. And I just did it because it, I loved it. I had to do it. It was my passion. I was a very much a yes person. Like if there was an opportunity, I was there. And it helped me become the artist that I am today. 100% no regrets. But now as somebody who has a business sense about it and knows that these places are making money and that they're, they were not paying me, the artist, it's really unfortunate to look back and kind of go, wow, that happened. And I don't think it was a, because I'm a woman, I think that most artists <laughs> were not being compensated and honored for their contribution. And so that was really challenging. If I had a dollar for every show that I did, you know, I'd have a lot more money than I do now. <laughs> but no regrets. Um, but I, as far as like being a female in the music industry, I don't think somebody listens to my music and goes, oh, that's a, you know, that's a girl saying that. Like, I'm just a human saying some real stuff, so. How did you develop the business sense about your music and your career? Oh, it was a learning curve. Wow. Um, I think it was more me coming to terms with valuing myself and my time. And, um. And other people validating that going, wait, you know, because I, I got on, I got signed onto a label in LA with Keep the Feel, the CEO. Oh, Keep the Feel Entertainment? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the CEO of that was on Rhyme Sayers, mm-hmm. Abstract Roots. So yeah, um, the lineage though that I got brought into by connecting with that label was huge. A lot of my like favorite rappers in the world um coming out of Los Angeles um, in the 90s are a part of that collective. And so through that connection, I've been able to tour with just (sighs) incredible artists that I have been listening to since I was a teenager. So it's very surreal. And even within that, it's, it's challenging, you know? Yeah, and then seeing the business model from that and what touring looks like, getting a, an actual physical um, album under my belt 10 years ago. That was huge. Merchandise, going on tour and being like, oh, people pay money for T-shirts. Cool. You know, um, so just like opening myself to receive that, you know, and then over time now it's like, yeah, I don't have to play every single show, mm-hmm. you know. So was there any mentor that helped you through that learning curve when it comes to tackling that business side of your music and how to um, not be taken advantage of just because you love your work? 
really, I think that a lot of people, I mean, a, a lot of my peers were are just kind of figuring it out too. And even 10 years ago, the landscape was so different than it is today. I mean, we can make an album in our bedroom and it's now it's about streaming music. You know, CDs are pretty much dinosaur technology. Um, so things are shifting and it's really hard to keep up with that. Um, I personally am not in this to make a ton of money. Not saying that I don't wouldn't be open to that. I'm not going to speak to the universe that, I, you know, bring it on. But it's ultimately not, it's part of my purpose and it, there's no price tag, you know. Mm-hmm. How have you watched the scene and the sound change over the last 20 years making music? Wow. It's incredible to see the amount of artists out here now compared to when I started. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I think that maybe before it was a little harder because it was like, where do we get in? You know, we were recording on like the most like insane setups. Oh my gosh. And now with just technology and our ability to learn how to produce, learn how to engineer, people can do it themselves. And so people are starting in high school in their bedroom with their friends. And uh, there are so many amazing up and coming artists in Spokane. So many. And like, I'm part of this female collective called Victor's Voice. And there's all these like female artists that are, you know, and there was, I was the only one for a long time. So that's so refreshing, so cool to see. And these young, these young kids doing it, it's awesome. It's awesome. Do you feel like you have a responsibility to these young women who are up and coming and trying to get their foothold? Absolutely, I do. I want to be the person to them that I didn't have um, as far as like a mentor of sorts. So our collective is open to everybody and we support all different genres of music and we want to platform women and say, hey, we really like what you're doing, how can we serve you? And hey, we're doing these shows, do you wanna get on and have some stage time and see what it's like? And um, just really encourage and support them how they need, how they need it and it's awesome. I love, I love being a part of that and um, <clears throat> and with bad penmanship, it's the same concept. It's just honoring new artists and going, hey, I've been doing this for a really long time. And people are like, how long? What? Um, and just kind of be like, hey, don't ever give up. Don't ever stop. Keep doing what you love. You got this. Just encouraging people. It goes a long way. And, um. Yeah, it's just really exciting to see where Spokane is now in hip-hop. It's awesome. There's a culture of collaboration, and literally, you know, doing these song collabs with other artists is a great way to get seen, to get heard by other people, and to expand that. Could you teach us or tell us about how you got your first kind of collabs and what kind of collabs you're currently working on? How excited you are. Oh, yeah, it's so cool. Um I, I, I hate to say I probably have passed up way too many opportunities um, for collaboration, but my favorite collaborations were my two um, uh, duo projects that I had when I 
first had my daughter, so 18 years ago, I had a project called the Meerkats with um, me and my dear friend Noelle, the Chantress, and we started writing music together, and that process was just like, you know, feeding off of each other's energy and just having this, like, amazing um, thing that happens when two people come together with their ideas and, and sort of compromising and going, oh, what about this? And then later started another project called The Muses, and we actually went on to do a lot of, like, uh, video stuff and um, that collaboration. Man, just powerful, you know? Um, learning somebody else's style and backing somebody and being so in sync that you have just this energy. There's nothing like it. And I also, uh, for a short spell, had a five-piece band called Half Zodiac. We got to play volume and barter fair, these big events. Um, and that was really out of this world. Um, just having the live instruments, um, it just opened the roof for me, not only lyrically, but but vocally, because I was like, I turned into like Janis Joplin and Karen O, and like I was just like all, you know, it's like punk rock meets rap meets, you know, just really, really fun. Um, those were probably my favorite collaborations, and currently, um, I'm, I just met a new producer who's really incredible. And so I haven't done a lot of um, guest features on my music. My, my last album was completely solo, I, as I wanted it to be. But now I'm working on collaborating with different artists. Um, I just am doing a song with Dreaded Warrior, Omi. And uh, so this like reggae, dance, hall, hip hop fusion, it's really super cool and collaborating with some of the females from the collective. So like this new and upcoming artist, Drea the Great, she is amazing. So we're working on some stuff, just getting, um, you know, just opening myself to adding different elements and sounds to what I'm doing, staying true to myself. But like, yeah, so the collaboration, that's, that's really what's on my agenda. Well, can we go back and talk about that solo album that just came out? Um, could you introduce it to us and uh, how we can find it? Yeah. The album's called Girl 77, and um, it is actually now on all streaming platforms. Um, the great thing about my label is that I get distribution through um, a great distributor, Alpha Pup, Big Daddy Kev, Big Up. Um, so it's, you know, all streaming platforms. I have a couple of videos on YouTube, working on more videos. Yeah, this day and age, it's kind of like any, any server that you use, you'll be able to find the album and the rest of my work as well. So I'm just, I'm going for it. And I want to put out another album probably by the beginning of next year is my goal. And just, you know, keep it coming. That's a big goal when you just released an I album. I know, but hey, you know what? It's been it was way too long before between releases and that is that version of me where I kind of just like dilly dally, that's 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 over. I'm I'm ready and really just pushing myself and holding myself accountable to a timeline. I have a lot of work to do and a lot of music that I want to put out in the next ten years, you know? So. What built that change into you? Um, I just got tired of seeing myself wasting potential and time so what's in the future for you just i'm just gonna keep making music <laughs> and i'm really into the uh music video thing now 
that for me is the most inspiring. The last music video I did for the song Magic on my album, I got to do all the styling and the storyboarding and work with a new videographer that I had just met. It was wild. We had quite the cast. When he showed up, he was like, what did I get myself into? But just the magic that happens in the moment. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time here. I've loved our conversation. It's so much fun talking with you. And uh, so much fun listening to your music. So thank you for coming on Inland Sessions and also taking this extra time to come and join us on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me.